With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, Dad, here we are. I know you got a great uh, podcast show planned for us. So what are we talking about? Walking with God. Walking with God. Do you think that would be fun? Okay. Well, I'm sure people would say, how can that be fun? Right? I agree with you on that. You know, doing a walk with God. All right, let's let's talk. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. All right. You know, in Micah 6.8, it says to our, to <clears throat> walk with God is act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. If you act justly, everybody, you act, ha, show mercy to everyone. You don't avoid them. You don't ignore them. You walk justly, and you show mercy, and you walk humbly. Most people think. Uh, be humble. You got to be weak. No, that's you got to be strong. To be humble, you have to be strong. You stop and think about it. A humble person can be run over, run around, run through, but it doesn't matter. You're strong, and that you will only do what is required. So you got to walk humbly, show mercy, and love justly, or love justly, show mercy, and walk humbly. So I'm gonna do it with I'm gonna do this with a variety of scriptures. A variety of men. Starting with Enoch. Enoch was a man in the Old Testament, Genesis uh what, Genesis uh, four or five, six or I can't remember I can't remember where it was. But God took him when he's alive. That's the only man that, that we show in the Old Testament God translated. He was a man that walked with God. He walked perfectly with God. God said, I like this man. I'm going to take him and be with me. So God took Enoch, not out of, out of a spite or anything. He took him because he loved him, because Enoch walked with him. He walked with him in, with uh, mercy and justice and humbleness. And God took him in alive. You know, I would that God translate me like that, but I can wish I won't, but God knows what he's doing. Then we have Noah. Noah was a man of uh, unusual completeness. He was a man that worked with his hands, a man that was strong. He had the wife, two uh, wives and three sons. The sons had three uh, doll wives. Noah said, to, God said to Noah, said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. What's an ark? Well, I'll explain later, he said. So here's the blueprint, so I want you to build it. This man took on a task that he didn't know what he was doing. But he had a set of blueprints because God gave it to him. Told him how to build it. Told him what to do. And he started out building it. It took him 75 odd years to build this ark. And rain came in the earth and destroyed the earth. Because God says, I'm going to kill everybody on earth, all the animals, fishes, and birds, and etc. Because they are sinful. Are we sinful today? Sure we are. 
But God told Noah to build his ark. No, started building. People coming around Noah say, "Are you crazy? What the? What are you talking about? What is an? Oh, what is an ark? What is rain? What is? Because there's no rain fell on the earth. The earth was watered every morning. It was a perfect, perfect earth, and it flourished with wildlife and with everything. But evil people were evil. Are they evil today? You bet you they are. And God says, I'm going to destroy destroy this earth. He did. Rain fell. And a year later, about a year later, the earth was dry. But Noah's ark was on the mountaintop, on the mountainside of the mountain. And some people know, think they know where it is, but it's not been found. It's supposed to have been found, but no one can prove it. Because God do not want you to worship the ark. He wants you to worship him. So he turned to, after Noah got off the ark and he had children, and they had children on the ark, but when he got off the ark, he and his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Jephthah, went their own separate ways and started to bring people, bring kids up, and they were evil because they had evil in them from Adam and Eve. God said, I'm going to kill you if you, do, if you eat that fruit. Well, they did. And they said, outside the garden. Garden was guarded by the guardian angel. And there was the three sons starting to have children. Adam and Eve had children. Back and forth, they lived, uh, Adam lived over 900 years. Holy Spirit looked around and he found Abraham. Who in the world's Abraham? He walked with God. He went to, went with God. He went to a place that he didn't know where it was. He lived in the Ur of the Galilees, which is the most favorite spot in the world. Climate vegetation, etc. Now this is as Noah as Abraham. Abraham walked with God. Esau walked with God and was son of of Abraham. Esau had two sons called Esau had two sons called Esau and Jacob. Now what in the world is that? Esau was disliked by God. Hated the sin in him, and Jacob was his favorite. Jacob went on to be uh, the father of the tree of the three twelve brothers that formed the image of God. As a, to God, he gave them a, a victory over their enemies, and the twelve twelve brothers was the twelve tribes that that uh, Israel that God delivered. From that, we find Moses. You know, there's many characters in between all these, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and then Moses. Well, who in the world is Moses? You know, Moses was a kid, a little kid, a baby. They put him in a basket and let him float down the river because he was going to be killed. It's an order to kill all male children so that the Jews could not replenish themselves anymore. Well, Moses is floating down a river. Pharaoh's daughter was taking a bath in the river, and she saw it. She pulled a basket ashore. She was beautiful, and she took him as her own to raise. Here was a Hebrew baby that was supposed to be killed. When he wasn't killed, he was given to Pharaoh's daughter. She raised him. He became a man, intelligent, handsome, and ready to go. In the process of all this, he got in an argument with Egyptian killed the Jew, the Egyptian. There he's in a strange land, Pharaoh, 
was a ruler, one of the pharaohs after all the pharaohs had been gone. And he killed the Egyptian. He fled the country. He said, God, I got to get out of here. So he said goodbye to the pharaoh, and he left. He wound up in the area that had some Jewish settlers, sheep herders. He, he moved in with them, loved them. They loved him. Next thing you know, he got married. and had two children. And he was a sheep herder. And he was happy. He thought he was through with everything except just be a sheep and be a complete human being. But God had other thoughts for him. And uh, he met Moses on the pathway that he was going. He, had, he was in a burning bush. Moses said, what, no, what is that bush burning here? It's a complete option. And out of the bush came a voice that said, take off your shoes for your own holy ground. And for the, whatever length of time it was, there were objections, arguments, back and forth, back and forth. Moses detested what God had asked him to do, but he relented. The next thing he found himself in front of Pharaoh, and he had Aaron with him. Aaron was his brother. He didn't even know him. It was the first time he met him. And Aaron went with him to his to meet Pharaoh, and he looked. He looked. Moses looked up at Pharaoh, and he said, "Listen, let my people go." That was the way he was. Moses was a strong individual. There were many things happened to Moses, and I'm not going to end that, but you know, most of you know the story of Israel, two million plus Jews, which cast out of Egypt and headed to the great white promised land. And Pharaoh said, wait, I made a mistake. I can't let these people go. So he ran after them. And this is one of the miracles, all the best miracles that I can see in, in the, in the uh, life of Moses. There was a Red Sea God rolled the Red Sea back. Two million plus Jews crossed that river, crossed that sea, with a ways held back in dry land, dry land. And the Pharaoh was after them. When the Pharaoh served across the road, the sea rolled back and drowned them all. From the end, inside of Moses was the two people called Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was a a wee little man. I say wee little man, but he was, he's not a big man. He's not a powerful man, but he was a powerful in spirit. He loved God. He walked with God. And Caleb walked with God. Caleb was a hunter. A man could do anything. They went out on their scouting trip and said, no, this land is just, just dealt right for us. We can win. Ten of these people came with them. There were seven all, Joshua and Caleb and ten others. The ten of us said, we can't, they're mighty men. We can't, we can't defeat them. God got angry with me. What in the world is wrong with you people? I mean, roll the Red Sea back. I've told you what to do and you can't go. What are you going to walk with me for? Walk humbly and justly and walk humbly before God. Joshua and Caleb did that. And God said, I'm going to kill every Jew there is. And Moses pleaded with him. He came back and said, okay. Any of them that didn't, that's over 20 years of age or whatever it was, I'll leave them in Joshua and Caleb, except for Joshua and Caleb. They won't go in. They did go in. Then Joshua took control of the people. He walked with God. From Joshua, 
when Joshua died, uh, died, judges uh, ruled Egypt. I mean, ruled the uh, Jews in the land. Many judges, and the evil people were evil. They just kept sinning. They didn't. They, this, it's amazing how God loved them, how He restored them, how He kept them, but the evil. And then one of the judges was called Deborah. Here's a lady, a judge. She told one of the men, one of her generals said, I want you to go here, here, and do this for, the men, for us, for the, for the Israelites. And he said, I can't go unless you go, Deborah, because you're, you're, the, you're the woman. Deborah said, don't you understand? If I go, I'll get the glory. I don't want the glory. And that sounds like walking justly and humbly. But if you if you come back, you'll get the victory and you'll receive the reward. Deborah said, "Nope, Deborah, you got to go." And Deborah did. She won, and the victory was hers. From Deborah, it goes on many many judges. Then we come to Ruth. What a wonderful, what a wonderful woman, a beautiful lady, a Moab, by the way, which is forbidden. Moab was a tribe that was a result of Lot's sin and sin in, in uh, with John Lot had sex with his daughters and out of it came one of them was Ruth which they called uh, was a Moab and the Moab tribe was formed was a thorn in Israel's side and Ruth the beloved Ruth stayed with Naomi and she stayed with Naomi and was Worshipped his God, her God. And from Ruth, she married a man named Boaz. And Boaz was in the lineage of Christ. Ruth was in the lineage of Christ. And he was what to become a Moabite woman, which is forbidden for Israel to be around. And she was in the lineage of Christ. From Ruth, we find Saul. Well, who in the world saw Ruth had walked calmly with with the Lord. But Saul was born as king. He was made king, and then God didn't want to be king. But through circumstances, he allowed Saul to be the king. Saul was a favorite among the people. He had tall, handsome, very good warrior, and he went out and he beat the devil out of it. Uh, all the tribes around the Philistines and the Moabites and the Sarah. But he didn't do one thing. He walked humbly before God. Next thing you know, he's like God. He wanted to be powerful, and he was. God brought him down. Before he brought him down, he anointed a little guy, a little kid up in the desert, about 16 years old. Had, a, had several brothers. They thought they were going to be the king because uh, God had Samuel said, "Go out and anoint this people from the tribe of Jesse, because I want him to be—I want him to be the king." He said, "Saul." So Samuel went out. Said he looked at all the brothers and he said, "He answered, he answered Jesse." He said, "Is this all your sons?" I mean, it's not, I don't have the one. I don't have the one. They got it. Give me the 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 one that I want to be a king. Well, I have a little 16, 16 year old boy up in the desert. He's, he's guarding a sheep. And, and uh, Samuel said, Well, bring him down. So they went and got David, 
in and right away he knew that David was the one he wanted. He had known him as king. Tell him to keep it quiet, put the oil on him. And he went on about the business. And David, David was a pleasant young man. Not big, not strong, not anything, but very healthy, very competent. And he, he played the guitar all the time. And he played before Saul. Saul would have an evil spirit. They'd call, they'd call uh, David and play for the king. And the spirit would leave him. The evil spirit would leave him. And David, Saul liked David. So he said, uh, you know, give him what he wanted. He lived with Saul. And uh, one night, there was a Goliath on the side of the hill, and they was taunting Israel. And they were, everybody was scared. They said, what are y'all scared of? And the gracious Heavenly Father is strong. He created Goliath. He created everybody. Just go out and kill him. I can kill him. And they say, you know, they put armament on David. Skin him out. They said, I can't wear this armor. Just let me come well to it. So he had a saying in his hand, five rocks, approached uh, Goliath, and Goliath made fun of him, made fun of him. Well, he killed him. David killed Goliath with a stone, saving his heart. He fell dead, he chopped his head off and brought it back to Saul. And the people were just totally amazed. And then they rammed everybody around them, beat the heck out of the Philistines. Next thing you know, they were shouting for David, and Saul became jealous. He was a young kid, not worthy of much, but slew a giant with the help of, of uh, God. The king David went on to be the king of Israel. There was many faults with King David. As you well know, he was a murderer. He was adulterous. He controlled his family. But there's one thing about David that you've got to remember. You remember I said to, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. And there was nothing that he could do. But every time he'd take, be a great sin and he was exposed, the majority of the songs was written by David because David was a man after his own heart. He was a man that's full of sin. Couldn't control his family, couldn't do a lot, but could walk and talk to God. And God said, I like this man. He's a man. Uh, would the God that could say that to me? I bet here's a man that's in my own heart. That's what God said. David, you're a man of my own heart. I love you. And he did. He, anyway, the story goes on. He, all the scenes are. He had, he had a, he made, he's made the king. He had once, he had several sons, but one son was named Solomon. Well, we all know about Solomon. He was a wise man. He wrote up Proverbs. And he knew how to worship God. Solomon was a man that was wise, maybe the wisest man in the world at the time. From Solomon, we have Ezra and Nehemiah. Children of Israel had been uh, waxed and defeated by different kings. Nardisarchus was in power. 
Nehemiah went to Artis Arces and said, Artis Arces said, what are, you, what are you sad for, Nehemiah? You're my buddy. You're my wine carrier. And, and the queen said to Nehemiah, I said, don't have such a sad face. Are you sick? Nehemiah prayed to God, warned to God what to say. And four months after that, he went to Artaxerxes and he said, I want to go back to Jerusalem and build, rebuild my city and the, and the walls and the gates. And I can't do it without your blessings. They said, well, how long can you be gone? Here was a man that was had an honored position before Artaxerxes, the ruler. And he wanted to go back to Jerusalem. You anyway, they sent him back with letters in the center, and he ripped the wall. Next person we will talk about is God, of God with all his heart, was Esther, another woman, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lady. She was brought to the king through circumstances and made the queen. Her uncle was Mordecai. From, from that union of, uh, of Esther and the king became the savior of Israel. And from that Purim, which we celebrate this month in the calendar of Adar, it's just, I think around the 16th of March, you'll find uh, Purim is a national holiday for the Jews because they're celebrating the savior of Israel, and that was Esther, gorgeous lady, the queen, but she walked faithfully, she acted humbly, she walked humbly, she loved mercy, and she acted justly. That's what you have to do. You have to do those things, act justly, walk humbly before God. That's what Esther did. From Esther, we find another man named Job. Well, we don't know about Job. My niece called it Job, but it's really Job. And uh, Job walked humbly before God. He questioned God about a lot of things, but he never, ever, ever gave up on God. God blessed him more than he was before he was brought him down. And then we have Isaiah. Isaiah was a writing prophet probably the most prolific writer there was in the Old Testament. But he walked humbly. He loved mercy. He had justly for God. From Jeremiah, we have, have uh, from Isaiah, we have Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Here's a man that God said, I want you to do this, this, and this. And Jeremiah said, well, I want you to protect me. He said, well, I'll protect you. Where do you wind up? Wound up in a pit, in the mud. People casting everything on him. But God brought him out and saved him. But Israel was doomed because they were going into uh, being defeated. From from that defeat became Ezekiel. And who in the world was Ezekiel? Ezekiel was a writing prophet. You want to read something that's amazing. The uh, This language of, uh, before Christ a thousand years before Christ by the way and Ezekiel described 
angels, whatever it was, came out of heaven. Four faces, ox, animals. Easy to be in what he's talking about. He had to describe it in his own language, just like you and I talk today. We describe things in our own language. And so Ezekiel described himself. I was witness to a guy the other day, and he said, Gene, Ezekiel must have saw a helicopter. He didn't know what it was. I said, whether it's a helicopter or whatever it was, Ezekiel didn't know what. It's no, no such as the worst helicopter. No such words as a plane or anything. But Ezekiel described it. It's the most amazing description of something that you'll ever read. I challenge anybody to read Ezekiel and what he saw. From Ezekiel, we saw we see Daniel. Many words can be written about a Daniel, but he was an honest, upright, straightforward man. He walked humbly, he had justly before God, and God saved him. They cast him in the lion's den. The next day, the king rushed down to the lion's den. There was David petting the lions, and uh, hair on his head was hurt. He killed all the Jews. But, I mean, he killed all the men before that. They had accused Daniel, but Daniel was there alive. Then we have Zechariah. Who was Zechariah? If you want to read more about Christ and his coming, Zechariah is included in this. Now we switch over to the New Testament and being of the New Testament. I'll start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four disciples that Jesus had chose to follow him, and they walk with him. You know, I read that about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and the walking with Christ. I, I would give all my education in a heartbeat to have one year with walking with Christ. And there are these four men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, walk with Christ and learn so much. And from that, we have the great Apostle Paul. Who doesn't know about Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul was a man that was educated, very educated, educated by the finest Pharisees in the land, a man of strong character, a man of great will. He didn't serve God. He didn't walk humbly. He didn't walk justly. He didn't love mercy. But he loved God in his essence. But his essence was wrong. Meanwhile, Paul was still breathing in murderous threats against his Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him to letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that he found any that belonged he would bring them back to Jerusalem and persecute. As he entered Damascus and on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven ran flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus whom you persecuted. And replied, Now get up and go into the city and you'll be instructed on what to do. As he went on, he's instructed to uh, visit this person. This person came, placed their hands on him, and restored his eyesight. But you got to remember that Paul was an educated man, 
schooled in all the pharisaical arguments, did everything he was supposed to do as, as an Old Testament saint. And Paul was a very, very smart, aggressive individual. And that's who God used. Paul wrote at least 13 of the books of the Old uh, New Testament, maybe more. And he did things that God, God wanted him to do. He walked with God. He walked with God despite uh, persecution. You realize that Paul was well acquainted with suffering. He was in prison. Paul was in prison. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was flogged, shipwrecked, starved, exhausted, endangered throughout his entire life after he accepted Christ. So, you know, when you accept Christ, you don't always get what you want. But remember this, that Paul, after he saw the light, he saw Jesus. He was blind and he restored his eyesight. This very intelligent, smart individual walked with God. He walked mercifully, humbly, and justly. That's what you have to do. That was Paul. He suffered for Christ, but it was a reward for him. When we come to the, the last end of his, I like to around how much time is, that, time is about over. That was, I'll talk about me, that's Gene here, and you, as you remember, that, will, that requires you to walk humbly before God. How many times have I went against God and God has saved me? God has saved my life numerous of times. Almost arrogant. I said, I know God's going to hear and God arrogantly, God arrogantly so saved this man, Gene. I recall many times that I looked death in the face and laughed. Not because I'm brave, because I'm not. Not because I'm bold, I'm not. Do I like to fight? No, don't, don't, but I would. So God said, I got, I got used for this man, and I know God's going to use me. Every day I look to God and I say, God, I know you're going to use me. I don't know where you're going to use me, but I'm ready to go when I know where you go. So I, I pray for the day that God restores my ministry. Now I've graduated seminary. I've done all these things. You know? I, I've been to every kind of school you can think about, religious and, and other. And no, God is going to use me wherever he wants to use me. And I want to talk about you, for instance. Now, you is you. The person that's viewing this or hearing this speech today, God wants you. He wants you to be bold and he wants you to go for the Lord. He wants you to witness for him. He wants you to act justly. He wants you to show mercy. And he wants you to be humble. Will you today look at God in the face he said, God, save me if you're not saved. God, I want you in my heart. And you get, get when God gets in your heart, or the Holy Spirit gets in your heart and controls you. You're going to say, I get up every morning and I laugh and I joke. I say, okay, God, what's up today? What do you want me to do? And he tells me, and I do it. I try to. God wants you in your heart. He wants you to believe in him. He wants to help you. He wants to give you intelligence. He wants you to study. He wants you to learn. 
But more than anything, he wants you to walk humbly before him. God is our Savior. Now, how great God is. My daughter says to me, God is my buddy. He answers prayers. He does it all. God is everything. God is for you. He's for me. Please, if you're not saved, ask him to come into your heart to live in your life. And he will instruct you and guide you. He'll guard you. You have a guardian angel. He puts his guardian angels around you. <laughs> Excuse me. And he will protect you today. Call on God. Show justice, mercy, and walk humbly for God. See, that's all I got. Well, thank you. That was wonderful. I appreciate going through all all those. Uh, I didn't know about Deborah. I forgot about that one. But that's cool. Anyway, so um, thank you once again. And uh, we'll see you guys next Friday. And have a wonderful weekend. Take care, everybody. Bye now. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.